Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. And welcome back, our friends. We've, we've missed you dearly. And you know who else we've missed dearly? Father Peter Teresa. It's good to be back with He's all back. of you. He's back. It's good to be back with all of you. It's like that part in Space Jam where Bill Murray comes Bill out. Bill Murray comes out of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I'm wow. feeling confident. I didn't know what right analogy you're going to use right there, <laughs> but that one was special. I'm feeling real confident. <clears throat> you know, that might be one of the highest compliments ever paid to me. Bill Murray in Space Jam. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really, Bill Murray in anything would have been wonderful. Yeah. Isn't yeah. he wonderful? Excellent. I feel I feel like I know how this is going to end. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> well, good. Then you will be on your toes, and that's how we need you, on your toes and ready. That's right. Uh, but uh, Father Anthony, with us as well. It's so good to be here. Glad to have our compatriot in arms, Father Peter Teresa McConnell. And uh, is it interesting? I, I mean, I'm going to tell the people, we obviously pre-record these. Yeah. But this is our first night podcast. We had such a busy week. We're actually kind of, not entirely last minute, but you know, kind of later than usual. So it's an interesting. We'll see what happens. Maybe if people love it, then we might have to move to the night podcast. Yeah, I am a night person, so this could be this could be good for me. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I didn't expect this from anybody, <laughs> but okay, all right. So, uh, so we're going to talk about something that someone has requested. Someone has has sent a request in, um, and if you're hearing this and you're saying, "I didn't know that we could request things," well, then I would say to you. We have said this to you many, many times <laughs> that you can. You can request things if you want us to talk about something in particular. Um, but it's been requested because November is the month of the Holy Souls, um, that we talk a little bit about the Holy Souls and in a particular way that we speak about the, the Catholic teaching on purgatory. Yeah. And so um, probably you've heard this word before, purgatory, but if not, uh, Father Peter Teresa, if you wouldn't mind, what is purgatory, and what does this have to do with the holy souls that we are celebrating here in November? Yeah, so purgatory is the uh, is the Catholic belief that um, you know once once the soul dies uh, and and is goes before the Lord for their judgment um, that they are either condemned to hell or or that they will go to heaven. Um, and some who are judged to go to heaven go immediately into heaven. They go straight into the glory. Uh, and some souls who have died in this life with, um, with still the, the stain of, of sin on their soul or, or need of satisfaction for the sins that they have committed in this life um, go to purgatory, uh, where they will then be purged of these imperfections before they can then enter into the fullness of the glory of the Lord and the beatific vision in heaven. Father Antony, looks like you have something that you wanted to say or no? Um, well, I just, um, this is such an important topic because uh, Faustina says that most souls go to purgatory when they die. It was a private revelation. Right. But she was revealed to her that when a soul dies, actually most of the souls um, would go to, straight to purgatory. And then after that, the second category would go straight to hell. Mm -hmm. The third category was straight to heaven. Mm -hmm. um, now, I mean, I do want to talk about the grace of the sacraments and as Catholics, you know, that we're more likely on that path. But at the same time, 
the reality is most souls go to purgatory. Right. Right. And and so we need to be praying for souls. Like it's not of that the, the smallest group goes straight to heaven. So we need to be praying for souls because most souls need a little bit more purification, more prayer before they uh they begin. They they're ready for the glory. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about it, why and church teaching, et cetera. But it's it's just that there's a lot of people that are affected by this. Yeah, and we need to pray for them. Yes, that's right. So um, where is purgatory? Is it a place? Can I drive there? Can I run there? Is it? A I mean, of all the or... questions to start with, it's like the most metaphysical. <laughs> like, uh, okay, it kind of. I mean, I would say the answer is the same as like, where's heaven? Right. Like, it's not straight up. Like, I can't get in a spaceship and eventually get to heaven. It is. It is not located um, in in some place in our universe. But it does. Yeah. It is a place that exists. But it is a place, and it's actually. Um, like heaven, heaven and earth are very well connected. The souls in purgatory are very connected to our souls, where they're praying for us. And sorry, they can't pray for themselves, but they can pray for us, and we're praying for them. Um, and so it is a place. Um, what that place is like, we don't entirely know. We do know that souls occupy that place, and so to the place where souls are that are in this time of period of preparation, but it's not a place I can drive to. I can't jump in my, you know, my Chevy and get there, you know, in a couple hours. Can't go visit somebody. <clears throat> no, it's a little bit of a, like a, a misleading question because a place, a, a location, um, indicates like spatial terms and spatial realities, and and the soul, um, when it is divorced from the body um, through the tragedy of death, um, doesn't occupy then a physical location. Um, so it's not like a physical place, but it is. Um, it is a, it is a place in a sense that that existence is there, um, and so it's it's hard for us to think about reality devoid of space and time, um, and and what our relationship to space and time are like in the next life are are incredibly mysterious. So, is it a physical place? No, but it is a place in as much as something that exists. Then yes. Okay. This is helpful for me. <clears throat> We're here to help you. Thank you. Um, I've heard different things about, I don't know what that was, Father. I don't know what that was. I've heard different things about how much time you might be spending in purgatory or, you know, if you do uh, a specific, and I'm going to use a word that I'm going to ask you about again later, but if you get a certain indulgence, um, you know, that you get a certain amount of time off of purgatory. So, so is it kind of like, how do we think about this? Is it like that I go to purgatory and, you know, I have some time that I have to get and a re remission for, um, you know, the, the, the effects of my sin, but maybe I'm there for a hundred years, maybe I'm there for a thousand years, or is it even that, you know, how do we kind of think about that? Yeah, so the church in her her indulgences uh, prior to I think the I don't know when the new Incredian for indulgence came out. I would presume maybe in the seventies. I think maybe Paul VI promulgated it, uh, but she did assign uh, temporal amounts to her her indulgences. So certain indulgences had a day, a week, uh, a year, ten years, hundred years, a thousand years, um, depending on. The, the indulgence. Um, and so, and, 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 and so it's a way for us to think about, um, just the way the church, the way for the church for us to help to think about, um, 
that time that that some indulgences are better than others. They 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 get more time off than others. Um, that's the right expression. And, and just to to recognize that the yes, the souls in purgatories, uh, the so, souls in purgatory um, have a temporal experience similar to ours. That they will be there until Christ comes again. And so. Uh, it would seem that their experience and relationship to time is similar to ours, so we can use things like that. Um, now, since the 70s, the, the, the church has no longer u- does that with her indulgence prayers. Um, but they are helpful ways to think about purgatory. They're helpful. They can be, um, they, they don't have to be understood so um, uh, literally, you know what I mean? They, but they can be understood maybe in a more um, loose sense that, some are more efficacious than others and, and get more time off than others. Well, first shout out, we did a whole podcast on indulgences. Yes. So if you want to learn more about them, go find, I think it's just called indulgences, but um, you have to listen to all of them. If you don't, if it's not titled that, just listen to all of them. It's <laughs> just get <laughs> the you find the one. But, uh, Be a worthy penance. But I, I <laughs> it's your penance. Uh, to, uh, to, uh, but to, to go a little further, that um, Our Lady has appeared a couple of times. And once she was in Mechagori, and actually in Fatima too. And the children who she'd appeared to asked about a friend who had died. And like, what happened to the soul of this friend? And, and this is like talking about like a 10-year-old kid. Yes. And Mary is like, well, um, he is going to be in heaven eventually, but is in purgatory now. And he'll be there until Jesus comes again. And you're like, I, my yeah, heart stops a little bit for sure it's like okay our lady and you know i believe in fatima you know it's right. church approved right um and here's this 10 year old kid who i mean no matter what bad things he did I, you know i feel like it probably done worse and right. uh and things but it's like until jesus comes again like that means people can be in purgatory for a long time yeah. um that this isn't i think sometimes we're like oh we had a mass they had the funeral mass and we're all good um that's important i really want to recommend yes. it but and masses are important. Indulgence is obviously a way to get somebody out of purgatory, but that some souls are in purgatory and will be in purgatory for a long time because of the. Um, kind of, I'm going to jump for. I'll let you keep asking questions. I'm, I'm just going to move forward. But yes, there is time. It's a, and, and for a lot of souls, and we they need our prayers. Yeah. Where were you going to jump, Father? <laughs> I was going to jump to my favorite analogy about purgatory, which is the baseball uh, analogy. Where let's say there's a little kid, he's playing baseball, and he he hits a ball through your window. Or maybe you're the little kid. You hit a ball through a window. Um, and you go and you knock on the front door of the lady. And you go, hi, Mrs. Smith. Um, I, I hit a ball through your window. I'm really sorry. Please forgive me. And Mrs. Smith tells you, you're forgiven. I forgive you. Yeah. But the window's still broken. Mm-hmm. And I need you to come work every Saturday for the next six weeks um, and rake my leaves and do yard work and do whatever I need you to do to help you know earn the money for me to replace this window <clears throat> and there's, there's there's two different things happening there one is the forgiveness of the sin and two is the replacement of the window that our sins have ill effects so um if i uh sin against somebody and there's no sin that just affects me all sin con- we're connected sin affects other people yeah. i'll go to extreme example because it's just sometimes easier to go to the extremes but if 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 there's a, a, a someone rapes somebody right that that woman who's been raped, it has the ill effect of that sin, that will affect her the rest of her life. Now, she can receive healing, she can receive forgiveness, she yeah. can, she can, but, but th- that fact that that happened to her, that trauma is a trauma she's going to remember in one rather for the rest of her life. Yeah. Now, the man who did that can seek forgiveness. You know, he probably needs to go to jail. He does need to go to jail. Right? There needs to be time. I'm not talking about 
the, the fact there needs to be justice. But he can go to confession if he repents and truly has sorry for what he did, maybe has a conversion in jail, comes back to the church, comes back to the Lord, and he can say, I need to be forgiven for this sin and go to confession. His sin will be forgiven in that moment. That's the coming up to the woman, going up to God and saying, I need forgiveness. And she's saying, you're forgiven for breaking that window. But the window's still broken. And the ill effect of your sin, because that woman now has psychological issues or, or issue, you know, issues with God, issues with the church, issues with men, whatever, because of the sin that affected her. And then that affects all her relationships. And she's committed other sins, possibly because of the sin committed against her. And it can mm-hmm. just really spread like wildfire. Yeah. Um, and so over our lifetime, we break a lot of windows um, through sin, because every sin, you know, one way breaks a window. And, and our, our indulgences, our good works, our prayer, our penance, they can repair windows in our lives. But if we die with any windows that are not fulfilled, we can be forgiven of all breaking all those windows, mm-hmm. which we need to go to confession for, but we still have to repair those windows. Justice has to be done for the ill effect of those sins. It's because of his mercy and his justice. Yeah. He could just send you to hell for all those broken windows. God could. But it's out of his mercy. I found purgatory like a extremely merciful place. Yes. It's like, it's not black and white. It's not like either you're good enough or you're not. It's, it's not, there's this big gray area that says, well, you still have those broken windows, but you know what? I'm going to give you another, your soul another chance, even yeah. after it dies, to be purified and prepared yeah. to come to the wedding feast, to come to the wedding banquet. Like a woman getting prepared for her, her wedding, she wants to get her hair done, her makeup done, or her dress done, um, that we want to be ready for that wedding feast. Yeah. I wouldn't want to come to the Lord ugly, nasty, with, with still the ill effect of sin on my soul. Yeah. Um, we <clears> want, like, I think sirs and purgatory want their soul to be purified yeah. fully. Um, though it hurts, it's painful. It's it they you know mystics would say it's like the fires of hell. It's just you have, they have the hope because it's temporary. Yeah. Um. But it's purification. It's difficult and something we obviously want to repair as many windows as we can before we die. Right. But then we got to repair these windows. Amen. And uh, so basically, just what you're saying is that it you, when we go to purgatory, it's it's that whatever you know effects uh, of our of our sin that that um, the temporal effects and, and punishment that we kind of have to undergo that that's that's the amount of time that that will be in purgatory because as long as it takes to purify us uh for us to be able to go into heaven from my understanding i don't know if father Peter, you yes. add to this but yeah so and, and this is all in god like you're asking something like mm, where is her purgatory you know how long like what what sins equal how long if i did this sin how much how, how many windows did it break how bad was the break of the window right i don't know those are questions kind of beyond um, you know, what we understand it's all really in God's hands. But the fact that there is some kind of amount of justice required mm-hmm. and the, the graver the sin, the graver the matter, and the more you had um, full knowledge and full consent of that grave matter, uh, the more that affected had an ill effect upon, upon the world, upon others, even upon your own soul. Mm-hmm. It needs justice, needs purification. And I know uh, Pope Benedict XVI in his pontificate had said that, you know, because it's it's outside of time that, you know, we can speak about it as being a hundred days, a, a thousand years, whatever it might be, but um that there is that level of mystery to it. Mm-hmm. That, you know, because it is outside of time, it, it could seem like an instant, it could seem like an eternity. We're not really sure. Um so I think that it's it's good to know that that there is this kind of that level of mystery to it um as well. Um but I do want to also ask um about you know when when did purgatory kind of come into the picture um was purgatory something that was around in the old testament was 
Um, you know, this is, did, did people uh, who died in the Old Testament, um, you know, sometimes we're taught, we'll ta- we're, blah, 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 excuse me, we're told about people in the Old Testament who, you know, were righteous, uh, but obviously Christ hadn't come yet. Um, you think about uh, somebody uh, like Abraham or even somebody like, you know, Melchizedek, depending upon, you know, how you interpret that that uh, character in Scripture and who he is. Um, but what happens to the souls in the Old Testament? Right. So, um, and I'm going to let Father Peter just jump in. I'm just going to get the first word so it doesn't take it from me. Uh, well, here's what we do know. We do know that the gates of heaven were not opened. Right. And so there was... Um, the place of the dead, Shale, where souls went before Christ came. That that um, because the of the sin of Adam and Eve, the gates to paradise had been closed, and it was Christ who came to break those those gates. So we know that the souls aren't going to heaven. Um, we also know that in some way, sacrifice on behalf of the dead is beneficial. We learn this from the Second Book of Maccabees, where there's a battle. Um, where they're fighting against the Greeks, and a number of Jews die in battle, but they win the battle. And they go to bury the dead, and they find that every Jew that died had been wearing this pagan amulet um, around their necks, some kind of like magic ritual to a pagan god for protection. And they all the it's kind of like all the only ones who died were those who had the, had the this amulet. And so what Judas Maccabeus does is he sin takes up an offering and sends that offering to the temple for sacrifices to be made on behalf of the dead. And the scriptures tell us this is a very beneficial thing. So we learn that there is some benefit to praying for the dead, even in the Old Testament. Um, so it does seem like there's this purification time that occurs in purgatory. Um, and you know, we could maybe a good analogy could be Dante's levels. You know, Dante's levels in purgatory, you kind of have to go up the levels, you have to climb the levels in order to get to heaven. That that some ways there's some certain souls maybe that are right outside of the gates of paradise and maybe not suffering the, from the pains of purgatory, like a Moses figure, for example. Um, you know, his body's taken up as maybe he's the wrong figure to use, but, you know, David figure maybe, um, but isn't necessarily suffering like the pains of purgatory. But there's others possibly, maybe everybody is in some way suffering because heaven's not open. There's some kind of lack of deprivation the soul is recognizing it. Um, and so, but we are for certainly understand um, the, this definition of purgatory from the very early church. And I'll leave, leave that to Father Petrus, maybe if he, he knows a little more detail. But I do know we recognize that we're praying for souls. The church from the very beginning is, is, is offering masses on the tombs. Um, obviously, some of those are saints. People are martyrs. They believe in the glory. But there's all their offering on the tombs, even for those you know, who they, who they want to pray for. Um, we see Monica, after she dies, she tells her son, I'll go remember me at the altar after I die. So from the very early church, we know that the call to pray for souls is there because there's a belief that before you go to heaven, there's possibly a place of purification called purgatory. Yeah, so, I mean, there are, <clears throat> there are scriptural roots for the, the belief in purgatory, uh, and we find these in the Old Testament, uh, the Maccabees one being a very powerful one, but, but in recognizing that, that their understanding of what happened to them in their life was still just in seed form that is it was going to need the the christian revelation to to elevate it to perfect it to fulfill it um so they did have this notion this understanding of of of, of sheol and, and 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 we there is just the tradition that on, on holy saturday that christ goes there um and he goes and finds adam um the first man and and, and liberates him um and frees him 
Uh, and so there was this sort of um, kind of gloomy, joyless existence waiting for Christ to come and to liberate and to save them, to save all souls, um, the, the, all the those who, who died um, piously. And so, um, and then, and then that then develops. So we're talking about, we're talking about Christ at that point, but then we see then in the New Testament, um, as Father's alluding to, that, that, that St. Paul's also addressing the communities there where, where they're actually having, um, they're actually doing baptisms for people who have died and who have deceased. Um, and, and so there is a sense in which they're praying for their, for their dead ancestors. Um, and so that's been a very, very early Christian belief and sentiment. And then just through time and through reflection, um, the, the dogma, the, the teaching of purgatory has taken its, its kind of full form as we, as we understand it. Um, today, but but very early on, just the, the 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 church in the West, the church that that we are sons and daughters of, mostly I would presume, us listening to this, who who are um, Western Christians, Latin Christians, that that our faith was was in many ways born in the tombs, that our our forefathers were celebrating Mass um, in a persecuted uh, and being persecuted by the government, by the Roman government, so they are hiding in the catacombs um, and saying Mass. Um, around um, all these graves and all these tombs and praying for the dead and offering sacrifice for them. And so there is, um, in the Latin church, in the Western church, it's it's kind of just written into our DNA to pray for the dead in this way. And so I think, uh, you know, being that it is November, um, can you, um, one of you wonderful, intelligent fathers, help us to know um, you know, as we pray for the dead, that we, we should always pray for the dead, whether it's November or not. But um, are there particular graces available um, during the month of November? Um, and if so, you know, how we might be able to pray for the dead, those who are deceased, uh, in particular, those who are in purgatory, who need those prayers, who cannot pray for themselves. Um, but are there particular graces in November or particular ways that we can pray for those souls who are so needy for those prayers? So you can go to a cemetery um, and, and you can pray and, and um, just do a little bit of mental prayer. Just pray for the poor souls in a cemetery and, and you can get a, a, a partial indulgence for that, I believe, by the time this podcast is out. Although, I don't know, maybe the Vatican extended again this year like they did last year. I think of they did, yes. So I think you get a full indulgence if you visit a cemetery and pray for the dead. Um, you can pray Psalm 130, which is known as the, the De Profundis, out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Um, you can pray that Psalm, Psalm 130, um, for the dead, and you can get a partial indulgence for the dead uh, that way. Um, and the churches pray the liturgy of the hours, um, and we can maybe do a podcast on that at some point, uh, but there is special prayers for the dead. Um, and if you, um, I'm sure you could just look that up. You could look up Office for the Dead online and, and maybe like iBrevery or something like that would have it. You could pray that um, and that would be a specially indulgence prayer for the dead this month as well. Um, so those are the things that I can remember off of the top of my head right now. Um, but, but definitely visiting a cemetery um, is, is a very, very important one, a very, very big one. And pray for the dead there. We say that the, the souls in purgatory can't pray for themselves. Um, I don't know if, uh, I'm just kind of throwing this out. I've never really thought about it. I, I mean, I have, but it's, uh, um, it's kind of an interesting thought because I think people will have the question like, okay, you're asking me to, they can pray for us. But we, and 
and we can pray for them, but they can't pray for themselves. Like, explain that to me. Um, and this would be the church's understanding, I, I think. And and please, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, Father Patricia. But that that there's something happens when you die. That's a, that's final. Obviously, you're you're dead. Yes. Uh, yeah. But but um, akin to uh, maybe a, a, an analogy and not a perfect one, but like the angels had to make their decision. And once they made the decision, their decision is done. Uh, now, humans, you know, once we've died. Our death is it, it's it's final. It's complete. Like where our soul is at that moment, yeah. I can't go back and be like, man, I'm gonna hey, right. I'm gonna go to confession again, you know, now because I really need to. Like once there's a finality that happens at that moment, and because of that, then all of a sudden you you just and I think it's the beauty of the church in this regard that there's there's you enter into this this place of complete dependence. Obviously on God, <clears throat> but in on a church, the body of yeah. Christ of which you are a member. And in purgatory, you're a member of the body of Christ. Right. Let's say we 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 are the church suffering. Um, sorry, sorry. We're the church militants here on earth, um, fighting the battle for souls. Mm-hmm. The church suffering would be the soul, the souls in purgatory. Yeah. I was saying the church triumphant, the, the souls in heaven, and that it's our responsibility as the church that's doing battle to pray for these souls. Who again can pray, um, pray for us, have ability, but they can't pray for themselves anymore. They're, they're because of the final choice that they've made. They they're no longer able to. Why? I, and I think, and again, I'm just conjecturing here mm-hmm. that. They've, it's, 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 some way, sin is a focus on yourself. It's choosing to do what I want over what God wants in one degree or another. Yeah. And so God is just saying, no, you can't focus on yourself at all. You must become completely dependent upon the body of Christ. And all those ways in which you sought independence, ways you sought to focus on yourself through sin, now you're completely dependent on others, on their prayers. And so it makes this, this beautiful kind of time where they just they need us. And it's mm-hmm. a complete recognition. I think it's a part of the purification to say, I need the souls on earth to be praying for me so that I, 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 I can go to heaven. And I'm dependent, dependent on those prayers, which is a call out to us because we want to pray for those souls because when we die, we want people praying for us. Yeah, it's, it's the reality that in this life, um, you can merit, you can earn merit in this life. Um, so it's not that you merit your salvation, it's not that you merit heaven, um, but that that through your cooperation with grace, through doing virtuous acts, um, that that you can merit certain things. You can merit grace. Well, your, your crown in heaven, um, you know, be nice and shiny, and you can cast it before the Lord. Um, and then when you die, you can no longer earn merit. Um, and so some of the some of the merit you can earn in this life can be satisfaction for your sins to fix the window. Um, you can't earn any more merit once you die. Um, so you, so in that way, the, the, I think that's what we mean by you can't pray for yourself in purgatory. Um, you can't merit any grace for yourself. That you are dependent upon others. You're dependent upon the church militant and the church triumphant to pray for you. Um, and and that's so important because I think some, we can just have this idea that purgatory is just sort of like this waiting room in the afterlife where you're just kind of sitting there. Maybe there's some like boring magazines you're going to leaf through and you're going to like, you know, every once in a while, like Jesus, like a doctor is going to open the office. Like, all right, so-and-so you're up now. You know what I mean? And, um, and that's not the the reality of purgatory at all. That, that, that you are suffering because you're so close to your final goal and you are not there. And you so deeply desire to be in heaven um, and you're not there. Um, and you have nothing in this life anymore to distract you from that reality, um, where we can distract ourselves on earth with with pleasure and with people and with entertainment. Um, 
to ignore the fact that our, our that our hearts are longing desperately for God, um, and that's a painful reality. When we get in touch with that reality in this earth, it hurts. There's an ache in our heart, and in purgatory, there's nothing to distract you from that, and it's just intensified because you're so close yet so far. Um, and so that's why it's such a terrible pain, and you're also making satisfaction and being purified for your sins. So um, it's a great, great charity um, to pray for the, the souls in purgatory. So if I go to purgatory, Father, does that mean that I can still go to hell? Or does that mean that I'm just going to heaven? Or what does that kind of mean? Yeah, so. There are, there are two fates. There are, there's heaven and hell. Um, so if you are in purgatory, that means you are guaranteed heaven, uh, that you are saved. Um, and so th- there's no possibility for you to go to hell at that point. Um, but you are just, you are still in need of the purgation, the, the purifying, in order to enter into the, the beatific vision. There's still stuff in your eyes. You can't see clearly. God has to do eye surgery so you can have the beatific vision, to use another analogy. Yeah, I like that. You know, my, my dad used to say when you'd wake, wake up in the morning, you know, like the sleepies? Yes. He would call it gook. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The gook in your eyes. Yeah. Sometimes he would say gookies. Yeah. Yeah. That's like that. You can't, you can't really see, so you need, to, you need to get it all out of your eye. Yeah, you got to get it out. And so it's the fires of, of, of the Lord's love that, that yes. purify that. Yeah. And so there is suffering, though. There is yes, suffering. Yes, yes, yes. So um, we encourage you, just as you know, we continue um, in this month, that you would remember, especially your loved ones, uh, those who have passed, um, those who, uh, you know, maybe even they weren't in the faith. Uh, we can never, you know, doubt the Lord's mercy and goodness. We should always pray for our loved ones when they die. Um, and offer up whatever you can uh, for the holy souls this month. Um, but it seems to me that we have yet again arrived at this pivotal moment. Wow. Is that time already? It is that time. And I'd like to bring Bill Murray back into the picture. Wow. We, we're, we've begun and we shall end. Da 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 da. <laughs> Here he is. Amen. Bill. Pray for his soul. Yes, we pray for the soul of Bill Murray Amen. as well. Yes. Oh, he passed? I don't know. Dead or alive, we pray for his okay. soul. <laughs> wow, okay. I was thinking of that, that one movie where he dies. But uh, So if you... <laughs> <laughs> this is just, I don't know how we get to where we get to. This is what happens we when we do this at night. If you could, could go anywhere mm-hmm. with Bill Murray... Hmm. To evangelize. <laughs> Come up with this. Wow. <laughs> okay. Keep going. Keep it's going. It's just you and Bill Murray. Yeah. And you have to evangelize. Yeah. Where do you take Bill Murray to evangelize? I feel like there's a spirit of this question that I'm not going to get. Mm. Um, but I think I think I would probably just have him take me into like the bowels of Hollywood. Mm. Um, places that like I would not have access to otherwise, and and maybe a message that might not be listened to by myself, but because of I have Bill Murray with me, and he's such a respected figure, and seemingly him and I are 
getting along, you know what I mean? He's brought me along with him and we were seemingly on the same mission um, that, that I could go and preach the gospel to, to Hollywood with Bill Murray. Cause there's no other way I'd probably be able to do that. He could probably open, open some doors for me. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Or to the Looney Tunes universe. Cause I don't know if they know the gospel there. Probably not. And if he got there, then he could show me the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, it seems like there's a lot of brokenness there. Indeed, yeah. indeed. Wiley Coyote seems like he could probably use the Lord. A lot of anger. Yeah. Father yeah. Um, interesting question. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Punxsutawney. Oh. Okay. I mean, obviously the great movie Groundhog Day. Yes. Based in Punxsutawney. Yes. Punxsutawney legend Bill Murray. Indeed. I mean, I don't know if you can live in Punxsutawney and not know that movie for and sure, and then not know the actor Bill Murray. So I feel like I'm just on the streets with him and everybody's like, oh, Bill Murray, you know, and you just, but it's, it's not like Hollywood. It's not like another, like a big city. Like, oh, it's Bill Murray. It's like, no, no, he put our city on the map. For sure. Like nobody knew what Punxsutawney was. Nobody knew about the groundhog. Like this, this is a local little tradition that has exploded and people go and travel to Punxsutawney now. Like their economy is dependent on Bill Murray. For sure. And so, I mean, I think just the celebrity status there, me and Bill are going to hit up Punxsutawney. Um, We're definitely going to be there for Groundhog Day. We're going to stay. We're going to evangelize. And, and then uh, wake up and do it again. And wake up and do it again. Wake up and do it again. Exactly. Bill? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Yeah, let's just call, let's call it a day. Let's call it a Can't night. wait to watch let's that in February. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Father, Peter Teresa, would you mind closing us in a prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we... We thank you, we praise you, we give you honor, we give you glory. Uh, we ask that you would um, give us the grace this day to to make atonement for our sins and then to offer uh, offer all of our works, all of our prayers, all of our sufferings this day for the poor souls in purgatory. Uh, we ask that, that you would look kindly upon them, uh, that they might uh, be pleasing in your sight. Uh, and that, Lord, and that through our, through our prayers and through our works and through our sufferings this day, that that you would look upon uh, the most forgotten and the most forsaken soul in purgatory, uh, that soul that has, has no one to pray for them, that has no one remembering them here on this earth. Uh, and we offer our prayers this day for them, uh, that you would uh, receive them into the fullness of your kingdom. Uh, we ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. With May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith. That's becomefire.faith. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.